Tree Talking Time is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors. Get all your hound hunting needs at Conkeys.com. Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest feists to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Hello, Ben. Hey, how you doing? Oh, look, best day I ever had. I had to be called me Sheets if I got any better. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a great day. Uh, always, always. But it couldn't have been that good because you haven't been hunting yet. Well, I'm going though. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, I, I've hunted the last four, five nights, maybe six, Ooh. and uh, uh, well, but I'm slowing down in my old age. I'm, I'm slowing down. And, uh, Retirement life's treating you well. <laughs> it has been. I don't have a complaint. I really don't. Yeah. Complaining is, is is not worth the trouble, to, the effort to do it. Yeah. But uh, uh, God's been good to me, and uh, you know it's, it's just been great. That's I, awesome. I thank everyone. I wake up. How thankful I am. Mm-hmm. You know. So anyway, I hope you make it there one day. Have a conversation with you. You see, that's that's already a a good deal so anyway well i appreciate you, you coming just, on oh i'm love it i love it you just tell me uh i'll ask me whatever you want to i'm 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 primed to go i got the hammer back <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna shoot the breeze and talk some black dogs sure absolutely my favorite subject there you go <laughs> you ready to go you ready for me right now ben? Yeah. all right let me go all righty well i'm i can't open a root. I, I down here in louisiana i go by cooch C H O O C H. It's a nickname. Uh, what does that I'm, mean? Or where did it it's come a, from? It's a, it's a, it's like a French word for endearment. Okay. Uh, just kind of one of these names that I've had all my life. Uh, really don't have an origin for it. Okay. It's just one I've had uh, all my life, mm-hmm. and uh, most of the people down here don't even know my real name. <laughs> uh, That's funny. Uh, I told them my I, my other name's a court name. So if you see it in court, you never won't know who you're talking about. There you go. But uh, I'm uh, uh, November the 11th. I'll be 72 years old. I was born down here on the Sabine River bottom in 1951. Uh, we live right on the edge of the bottom. My uh, my dad and them were trappers. They had wild hogs, wild cattle. Uh, they didn't really have a job per se. Mm-hmm. They lived off the land. Yeah. And so we learned how to trap. We like coons and mink and uh, we sold the hides and, you know, that's how we kind of made a living. Yeah. And uh, so we started coon hunting. Obviously, coons was a big part of what we did. And uh, so we run coons with dogs. Uh, uh, very few registered dogs at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are great dogs. Uh, but my dad in about 1950 six or so he ordered a black and tan dog from Tennessee that was going to be the, the cat's meow down here. <laughs> well, he come in on the train. We went and picked him up, brought him home. Uh, wasn't long. We took him out and that rascal, uh, my dad named his Sputnik. About, about that time, the Russians had launched their satellite and they called it the Sputnik because it go around yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. Well, that was probably a good name for him <laughs> because that's some buck could run a deer around the world. 
There you go. But to my knowledge, we've never treated a coon with him. <laughs> so you may have had a great boy, a deer a, dog, huh? Deer, I'm telling you, a beautiful black and tan. Uh, but boy, he was good. He was gamey. But anyway, we kept old Sputnik. We liked Sputnik. But it kind of like I kind of liked the black dogs after that. And uh, uh, even though he never treated a coon, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, and with kids we always hunted. You know, in the evenings we'd come home from school and go hunting. And uh, I uh, so probably about ten, eleven years old. I got where I could go by myself. And uh, I had a 16-gauge shotgun with electric tape holding the forearm on. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I had a bunch of old mutts around the house. And I had a, a lantern that I walked with. And I had a two-cell flashlight in my pocket that I could shine the tree with. Mm-hmm. And I'd go off the creek bottom. And w- these little old dogs I had would tree everything. From, uh, if it went up a tree, they tree it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when you say so, mutts, were they like cur dogs, or were they were they just crossed they were, up? They were thing. Well, you know, down here in Louisiana, we kind of our dog that we made was a Catahoula cur. Yep. And they, they were they were Catahoulas. Okay. And uh, they were, I mean, they, they were tree dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were rough stock hogs and cattle and stuff like that. They they were good at all of it. Yeah. They were good universal dogs, mm-hmm. but, but they would treat. And, uh, so I'd bomb an old coon out if I could find one of them. Boy, I'd shoot him up with that shotgun. And <laughs> when you skin him, it looked like it was raining. That BBs, that pellet falling <laughs> out of the hide when you skin that son of a buck. But, uh, so I hunted, you know, all my life, all the way through, uh, had me a dog and kept getting a little bit better dogs. And, uh, so I got later on, I finished school, went to college and, and got married. And my wife didn't even know I was a, a hunter because I was down in New Orleans. And, uh, when we come home, well, she found out that I was a real hunter. <laughs> Bless <laughs> her heart. Her. Bless her heart. Uh, we just celebrated our wedding anniversary for 50 years. Congratulations. So, that is something in today's world. Right. She's been with me for 50 years. And coon hunting with me, and all that other stuff too. So she understands all the terminology that us coon hunters have. Uh, so we, uh, uh, I bought my first registered black and tan about oh, probably thirty something years ago. Okay, well, maybe a long, little bit longer. I paid seventy five dollars for that dog, and uh, that was a chunk of money. Okay. And uh, for for somebody like me, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, like I said, still ain't. But anyway, so I bought my first registered black and tan from an old gentleman down the road down here that never been to a competition to hunt in his life. But he had some pretty nice dogs. I bought, I bought uh, a black jip. Uh, I, I'm, I'm partial to females. Okay. I, I really like the female. I bought uh, that jip, and my buddy went with me. And he bought a puppy. And uh, he asked me if I'd keep uh, his puppy in my house for a little while. And I did. And he come back later on, about three or four days later. And he said, man, would, would you buy that puppy from me? <laughs> I said, why? He said, well, he said, that $75, I was supposed to go buy a tire for my wife's car. And uh, 
ended up buying a puppy. He said, boy, she's tearing me up. So I bought the puppy from him. So I ended up with two black females. And they turned out to be pretty nice dogs. And those are dogs that got me into competition hunting. Okay. Back when we hunted three-hour hunts, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And Roughly how long ago do you think this was? Oh, that was that was right at 30 years ago. Thirty. That's So right around 1990? Around that time. Okay. Or a little after. Early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were still hunting, you know, the, the long hunts. We still had a lot of land. Just uh, tons of uh, land to hunt. Uh, they hadn't cut it or anything. So, But that's where I got the competition hunting. I didn't know anything about it. But I wanted to try it. It sounded like it was a pretty good deal. And down here, I live in the uh, north central part of Louisiana, mm-hmm. right on the Texas border. Okay. I'm five miles from Texas. And uh, Lipper was coming along about that time. So, boy, it was a slew of walker dogs here. Mm-hmm. And I had, typically, I was the only black dog that showed up to the hunt. But they respected me because I'd, Ever so often, I'd skin them up a little bit. <laughs> and uh, that's what kept me coming back. <laughs> yep. And I, I just wanted to get better. I wanted to get better dogs. And, you know, some of our older dogs, I know we can sit back and say, well, that dog was better back then. Well, it was a whole different era that we lived in, a whole different hunting style. The dogs packed more. Yep. Uh, they, uh, they, they opened a lot. Uh, when they locate on the tree, you better not tree them on a locate because they might locate four or five times and then move. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was just a different animal. Uh, not to say they weren't good dogs, but they were a different kind of dog. So I hear people compare back and forth. Yeah. And and, and I've lived both worlds, and we we probably got overall better coon dogs now than we had back then. Oh, yeah. But I, I enjoyed them old coon dogs. I enjoyed them more coon dogs. Well, they had big mouths. You know, they were real houndy. Yeah. At the same and, point, I, I would argue that the Garmin letting us know what they're doing and, and we're able to fix problems has made better hounds. I'm not saying that I agree. breeding it, it hasn't, I mean, obviously it has helped too, but just from a standpoint of you know what that dog's doing, so therefore you can you can correct it or you can, or at least... You know, you used to cut a dog loose. You didn't know what it was doing until it got treed. So, well, that's true. You see it, and I I see a lot earlier starting dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, our dogs, uh, uh, my old buddy, we was hunting. He was an older gentleman. He's passed away now, but uh, he was. Uh, he said, "Well, we're gonna carry old pup tonight." And so one day I said, "Well, just how old is old pup?" He says, "Well, he's almost three. <laughs> and I said, "My God, Mister Riles," he says, "Look." His mom and daddy still thinks he's the pup. I said, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> so we called him old pup. <laughs> but I noticed that the dogs, even though we know more about what they're doing because of the GPS stuff, uh, and and I don't even turn a dog loose anymore without my GPS. Yeah. But uh, uh, the dogs just start earlier mm-hmm. from what I can see. Because well, I like I said, I've had them. It was, you know, you had a dog that old a long time ago. It wasn't nothing unusual to have a dog two years old before he started treating. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's allowed it us to, to help breed for better dogs too. Yes, yes, and, and you know, uh, the GPS system 
uh, you know, when we got the old beat beat collars, boy, we thought we was in hog heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, we could finally find him things. Because sometimes, you know, you can run a dog off from you, but you don't know he's hunting. He's the one out there about 100 yards and lay down. Yeah. And we thought he was tearing the world up, and he was out there laying down. So, yes, the, the intervention of the electronics has really, really changed the, the world. And, you know, when we went from the from the two-cell light to that four-volt wheat light, God, I was on top of the world right then. Man. We talk about I, right there, and that's another thing that lets you know, you know, helps us breed for better dogs. Technology has helped us in a lot of ways because – Absolutely. How many how many times did you tree with a two cell flashlight and you couldn't find a coon? Oh, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times. So if the, and, your and, dog was slick treeing and you didn't know it, it's hard to correct that. It's hard. You might think that dog is a world beater and you just can't see the coon because you got a two cell flashlight. And then you have a modern day light now, and it's like you burn that whole tree down <laughs> with an LED light, and you're like, no, it's <laughs> there's nothing there. Well, one of the things we did do, old Ben, was that these old fellas I hunted with. They didn't mind chopping the tree down. <laughs> and uh, a coon got the den. That was just part-time. He ain't, he ain't done nothing. Uh, they didn't have nothing to do, and they had a double-bit axe. And we just went in on that tree. And uh, <laughs> we cut her down. And uh, later on, they, they come up with the power saws, and we really were dangerous then. <laughs> and uh, and I had that chainsaw. We could, uh, I finally told my old hunting buddy, I said, we just well leave that chainsaw at home. Yeah. I said, it won't be a den tree left. I said, we've cut everything down this bottom. And, uh, but anyway, you, you, yes, technology, the invention of all the stuff we got now. Uh, and man, look, we didn't have any good boots. Mm-hmm. We just had a little, the best we could get was a boot come up to your knee. Yeah. And, and man, <laughs> cold feet. Uh, the, the thing I see a lot difference in our hunting today too, is our dogs used to be kind of slow on the ground. Mm-hmm. And you could build a fire, yeah, uh, and and wait on them. You'd sit around, shoot the breeze, build a fire, uh, might even drink a little coffee, and then they'd finally get treated. These dogs today, they get out of dodge on you. Mm-hmm. You you got to be hooking them up. So uh, a lot of things that the dog has changed too. You know that, that drive, that hunt yep. is 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 these new dogs. When I say new dogs, uh, they just go getters. Yeah, uh, and you know again, I've I've tried to upgrade my dogs. You know, I, I, I hadn't sit back and said, well, we, we use a Walker dogs as an example. Uh, they did a real good job of their breeding program. Mm-hmm. They got some really good dogs out there. Absolutely. It proves it. It proves it. And, and, and I use them as an example and said, for me to compete with these boys, I got to get better. I can't hope for them to get worse. I got to get better. So I started looking for and and not caring. You know, some of the things that I saw that was a hindrance is nobody wanted to drive to breed to a dog. Yeah. They wanted to breed to their local dog. Mm-hmm. Well, the local dog may not have been worth knocking in the head, but that's what we wanted to breed to. Yep. So I went, and, and if I had to go uh, quite a ways, it didn't matter if that was what I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, so as, as, as it went on and, and uh, you know, I got, like I said, I got to hunting and, and got away from the local area that I am. Uh, 
uh, moved to Tennessee. The job carried one job carried me to Tennessee, and lived pretty close to Tam Young. I hunted with Tam, and I got a lot of knowledge. Those old boys got a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. and if you just sit and listen to them, yeah, you can absorb some of that knowledge. Why and you, uh, why do you think I'm like so, I like doing this? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I I just enjoyed sitting with Tam and talking with him about what was going on, how did he get the good dogs, and how did he keep them, and, you know, and, and of course, you got to hunt them. I, I see so, a lot of people buy a, a really good bred puppy and put him in a pen and never let him out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate to see that because there was potential in that puppy probably, yeah. and we didn't bring it out. Uh, I, I live on the end of a dead-end road. And there's 27,000 acres behind me. There's not a house. Ooh, nice. And I let my puppies run loose in the yard. And I got a creek that runs through the edge of my property, into my property, and through it in places. But anyway, so I let my puppies run loose until they start treeing on treeing squirrels and stuff and get to doing pretty good. Then I pin them up. Because then I want to control what they do. Mm-hmm. I don't want them just to tree out. I was just sitting here a while ago watching them. Young Jip, I got. She's six months old, and she stayed treed for almost 15 minutes nice. on a squirrel out there in front of me. And uh, so, uh, you know, she's about ready. But she's in a pen, but the squirrel come in there, egg gum squirrels. But <laughs> anyway, got the treeing instinct. They, they, they you know, uh, a couple of things that after I got to breeding and, and these dogs I was looking for, Drive and stamina, and I was looking for tree accuracy, and I also like a dog with a good mouth. Mm-hmm. And you can get all of that, but you have to be selective. Yep. You can't just breed to the down the road. You can't so breed handy or ready, huh? That's exactly. And I do my work ahead of time before my females come in heat. Yep. I already want to know what dog I want to breed to. Mm-hmm. And I'm rare. I don't breed much, very, very little. Uh, uh, but I've always got a stud dog, or a dog that I want to look at. Yeah. And I'll go hunt with you. I like to listen to your dog. I like to hear him, see what he can do. Uh, I, I realize that uh, people judge dogs by one night of hunting or something like that. Uh, I've seen dogs look terrible one night. Oh yeah, and that's not them, and then they just be a really good dog. So I see people make rash judgments, and I don't. I try not to. Mm-hmm. I try to let the dog and, and show show me what he can do. And and this is kind of crazy, but also listen to the guy that owns the animal. If I can trust you, and you tell me that dog trees upside down on the tree. Then I don't have to see him. I know he does because I believe you. Yeah, I think the breeder, the trustworthy, worthy man, that tells you the truth. Because there's always some. No dog is perfect, right? Oh yeah. So the breeder that tells me a little bit of the flaws that his dog got, uh, I like that mm-hmm. because we all have flaws. Yeah, every dog does. But I always said this too, Ben. If a dog's got a flaw, 
if I'm feeding him, that means I can live with that flock. Yep. So I don't knock your dog. I never will talk ugly about your dog because he's your dog. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you feeding him. Exactly. It's your animal. You don't so have to worry about it. it. Right. It's not my place to say anything negative about you or your animal because, again, you're putting the groceries underneath his nose. Mm-hmm. And until you stop doing that, I'll talk ugly about my dogs, <laughs> but, I, but I won't talk ugly about your dogs. And and I've I've found out that that over the years, probably, I guess the last fifteen years or so, I've had Robinson dogs, Robinson bred dogs, and uh, uh, I got to meet Lawton, talk with Lawton, uh, had some of the dogs that started his dogs actually, so. I kind of had an understanding of what kind of dogs he had, and I went and hunted with Lawton. And uh, kind of, I said, I believe I like these dogs. And uh, shinker bred dogs. I kind of crossed Lawton and shinker bred dogs. Okay. And they've come out pretty good. Uh, so, you know, again, somebody may look at mine and say, I wouldn't have a bunch of knuckleheads at all, and that's fine. <laughs> but, but, uh, I enjoy them. Uh, they fit my deal. Mm-hmm. They uh, they hard hunters. They accurate, and they got pretty good mouths. There you go. Uh, so those are the three things that I really want to see in a dog anyway. Mm-hmm. And and now the trick is to keep that. Yeah. You know we've seen good lines of dogs go away. Oh yeah. Because we didn't come back and breed and keep that breeding going, keep that group going. So I take it and, you're a fan of line breeding. Right. Not close line breeding. Okay. But coming back, bringing that dog back. I, when I say close, I don't believe the, the, you know, the inbreeding stuff, but I do like some line breeding where that you mix and bringing back some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you're going to get the bad with the good, right? Yeah. You, you, you got to. I, I tell people all the time, you got to be prepared for that sword's got two edges to it. Right. And uh, so I said, it cuts both ways. Uh, if it's something you don't like, you, you're going to get it back again, maybe, and it may amplify. You know, we, I, I'm not a genealogist, I, I, but I do know the genetics uh, play a big part in our whole life. Mm-hmm. Our dogs and me and you and everybody, right? Oh, yeah. So I look for the genetics. And if they got good animal, good breeding, and I like the parents uh, and the grandparents, uh, the grandparents, grandparents of these pups, sometimes a big deal. I've heard I've that seen a lot of pups. I've seen a lot of pups that aired back to their grandparents more than they did their, their parents. Mm-hmm. So I'm an advocate of these grandparents, you know, and grandparents. So you got to have good. You got to have a good foundation, good stock of dogs that's went back a little bit. You can't have, you know, just like a, some dogs we see that 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 uh, is a one-time deal splash in the in the pond. You know, yep. Uh, everybody's hooting and hollering that dog just went in the world, but when you look back, he's a freak of nature. Exactly. We all see that he's a hybrid vigor, right? Mm-hmm. He he's not, he can't reproduce himself. <laughs> yeah. And, and and one of the things I talk about in, in these breeding, my breeding deal, I said, don't worry about my male dog. Worry about what 
he's producing. Look, at, I said, and he's only producing half of it. You got to remember the jip is the other half. Yep. I said, the male dog sometimes get. Everybody says, "Well, that's a good male dog." Well, he's been breeding good jips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so I look for. Uh, I, I breed. I got a male dog. I breed a little bit, and I say a little bit because look, I'm at the end of the coon hunting world. There ain't much past us. Mm-hmm. If you go south, you're going to get your feet wet because the Gulf of Mexico. If you go much further toward Texas, you're going to get into mesquite bushes. Okay. So we kind of in the end of the coon hunt world. I, I don't blame somebody sometimes for not saying, my God, you you know, you, well, where you're at, you're 18, 20 hours, you're two days from me. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, don't, I don't understand nobody ain't coming down this way. But because of technology and what you talked about earlier, uh, we can ship semen anywhere we want to. Exactly. So sometimes people forget about that. They overlook a dog somewhere because they say, well, I can't get up there and breathe. Well, you can. In today's world, we can do that. Oh, yeah. But at the same point in time, like you've said time and time again, doing your research, finding what you're looking for, and prioritizing quality over something that's close you know if it's something you want to breed to you either make sure you plan ahead and and get semen shipped and have your female tested or you make sure you you take a couple days and you drive the 18 hours you get your female bred and you come home right it's it's about how much how much do you want to put into this because if we get a litter of pups just think what time and, and food and money oh, yeah. you're going to spend on these pups. Yeah. And, and to say that I went for second, third choice, or fourth choice, and get the, the one I really wanted, then, man, come on now. You know, go take that extra step. Mm-hmm. Look at that female. Have her, make sure she's healthy as she can be when, when you breed her. Yeah. Make sure that. Every, you feed her correctly. You do all the stuff that needs to be done to her because you want a good, strong, healthy litter of pups. Yeah. And and again, with the, with the chilled semen, and the, man, we got all kinds of ways to get dogs bred nowadays. Yeah. You know, we, we never should settle for mediocre mm-hmm. when there are some great dogs out there that we need to breed to. Absolutely. And, and I just see that. I, 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 I hate the deal then when they say, well, she's a good brood chip. Mm-hmm. I want dogs to breed to tree dogs or coon dogs. Let me rephrase that. Not just one that barks up a tree. Yeah. I want one to be a coon dog and I want them to track, trail, and tree. And uh, so. I have a very loyal <laughs> listener that uh, will be shouting your praises. He says the same thing very regularly. Right. <laughs> I, I, I hate that word. You know, they, they you know, uh, a brood chip. Uh, that's not, that's, that's kind of got us in the position we're in sometimes yep. by breeding that way, you know, and, and not being that classic dog. I, matter of fact, I've turned down a couple of uh, individuals that wanted to breed to my male because the dogs were no good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just said straight up. Yeah, and, and I, I told him I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I said, "Look, your jip ain't never treated a coon." Mm-hmm. I, I said, and she's five years old. I, I, you know, I don't care that that you said. Well, she had some puppies, and two of them come out good. 
I said, that ain't what I'm after. Mm-hmm. I said, I might breach a world champion female and none of the puppies come out good. Yeah. But I bet you my odds are a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the, when I breed a female or when I have a female bred here, typically I don't charge nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to better the breed. Mm-hmm. I, it, there's you're not going to get rich messing with dogs. No. You know. Uh, and I've uh, seen, you know, I, I I think very highly of you as, as a breeder for that because I've seen guys that are, are trying to push a stud dog and they'll breed anything that comes in, in the yard, you know. And, that's, right. that's right. But then at the end of the day, you look at their percentages and it's like, you know, or is your male not a good reproducer or is it because you were breeding, you know, lesser quality females that weren't holding up their end, you know? It's like, that's correct. yeah, your dog's got a hundred puppies on the ground, but only a handful of them really made anything. So it's like, was it your male or, or the females? You don't really know. I'd rather, right. I'd rather have... 20 puppies on the ground and say 15 of them are really nice because I know my male is a nice reproducer or is a good reproducer, but you know, we know the females held up their end as well. So, and, and the other side of that coin, when I look at dogs like that is the handler. Mm-hmm. Who does that puppy go to? Yeah. Is, is that guy, gal, I, when I bred a few gyps, I get a puppy away. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I'm selective on who I give them to. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll I'll go if I had to. I'd go from here to Pennsylvania to give it to the right man because he'll make something out of that puppy or or you know or try anyway. They'll do mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah. Again, if you put it in the pen and don't do anything to it, you don't know whether your male whether that was a successful cross or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, it, it it's it's a lot of things goes into making a, a quality animal. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, the handler is really important. I told him my basic job as a, as a handler is driving the truck. I said, none of my dogs have Louisiana driver's license. <laughs> so that means I've got to drive them somewhere. Yep. But, but the, the breeding pen was the first place to start. Mm-hmm. Good genetics. Then it come down to the handler the person that got the puppy that we, we all like to think sometimes that we, we can train a dog. Well, again, I can't cold trail. I, I, my, my, I, I'm a hot nosed guy. I, I can't trail a coon up. Uh, I can't tree a, dog, a coon. That dog has got to have that genetically imprinted in that dog. Mm-hmm. I can't do that, but I can mess him up. I have the ability to mess a dog up. Oh yeah. So we've all done it again. That's the handler's deal. I mm-hmm. I try to uh, by letting my puppies run loose in the yard. I teach them to come to me. I teach them to do a lot of things in the yard before they ever, ever, ever think about actually seeing a coon. Because mm-hmm. they see coons down here. I got a little old squirrel dog in the yard, and he's the best thing since white bread. Because all these puppies that go with him. Yeah. And they'll start treeing with him. Mm-hmm. And he'll start showing them how to, you know, how to mess around in the woods and get across little creeks and, and getting over logs. And some of the things that puppies, uh, when you first take them to the woods, they're a little confused. Yeah. Well, well, my pups, because they've been running loose, they've already got a jump on their mother. But don't say they're going to be better than them. Yeah. But, but they do have a little jump. Out. Right. Right. And so, 
again, you know, I, it's, I enjoy my black dogs. I, I, uh, I probably hunt them till the good Lord takes me home. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, my wife loves them. She loves the black dogs. I like the black dogs. Conkey's Outdoors is proud to be a sponsor of Tree Talking Time. Family, hunting, tradition is the Conkey's motto. They understand the importance of passing down the tradition of hound hunting. They are a family-owned business that treats you like family. They also understand the importance of having the gear you need when you need it. Conkey's carries everything for your next hunt, and it ships to your door quick. They also offer great warranties on all tracking systems and financing options. Check them out at Conkey's.com. You can also use the code TREETALKINGTIME5 in all caps to save as well. So I can sit here in the, in the house and look at the dog. I've got about a quarter acre of maybe almost a half that I got my dogs running in. Mm -hmm. and, and that gets some time to exercise and I can watch them. I can sit here in the house and, and they don't see me, but I'm watching them, how they interact. Again, squirrels come in the yard. I, they get, I get to see what they're going to do. So I think in our business of black dogs and making them better, the guys that's doing the that that got good dogs, consistently good dogs. Again, we talked about some dogs are just a splash in the pond. You know, you see them one time and you never see nothing else out of them. But if you see this guy that's consistently got dogs in the winning circle, consistently listen to him. He's got something. He's saying something. Yeah. He's doing something. Mm -hmm. Those are the men and women that you need to talk to and just listen. Yep. To what they're telling you, because sometimes, you know, it's hard to explain something to somebody. But if you just listen to them and it's, it's the little things that we do, Ben, sometimes they're more important than the big things we do. Mm -hmm. And getting that dog to love me and want to hunt for me. That's because I go out there and, and mess with them every day. Yep. So when I load my dogs off, they want to go with me. I don't have to drag them out of there. They want to go. Mm -hmm. and, and I think any animal, just like me or you as a person, if we've got a supervisor or somebody we like, we want to work hard for them. We don't want to make a mistake. Yeah. And I think dogs are the same way. If they like us, they want to please us. Mm -hmm. They want that pet netted tree. I shoot very few coons out. I shoot very, very few coons. Because... My dog don't know the difference too much what's going on. He enjoys treeing, and he enjoys reward that I give him by praising him. Yeah. He likes to praise. He likes to pet, and he likes – I do shoot a few coons out, but not many. Yeah. Not many. More praising. Uh, I, I used a little bit of scenario about a, a drug dog. If a drug dog got a hold of the drugs every time he made a, made a drug bust, he wouldn't be a drug dog very long. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. So what does he enjoy? He the praise. Yep, whatever that reward is at the end that he they've been trained right. for. Right, a little ball or something to play with. That's his reward. So our coon dogs are the same way, I think. Mm -hmm. I think you don't have to murder every coon in the woods to have a good coon dog. Oh, yeah. So that's my philosophy about that. And, and I, know, I know some people will say, oh, man, he don't know what the heck he's talking about. And that's okay, too. That's your opinion. Everybody got one. We ought to all watch it. But that's just the way I do my dogs, and they stay treated for for a long, long time. Yeah. And 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 again, I just pet them up. I, I do I, give them a few coons. 
I think in today's world, if you went and you polled the guys that own the top hounds in the country right now, I think most would tell you the same thing. You know, shooting coons. Yeah. Because they're not worth anything, you know. Yeah, sure. The 80, in the eighties, you shot every coon because they were oh, worth yeah. twenty five dollars or, or right. more. Right. But they're yeah. not worth anything today. So I think most guys would tell you the same thing. They shoot very right. few, unless very few. You, unless that you know. I understand there's guys that live where there's coon up every every tree and bush, and they might shoot a little few more just because they're there. But majority of people don't. Because there's no purpose, well, there's no reason, and all you're doing is you're hurting yourself. Well, uh, sometimes the landowner uh, will ask me to kill some coons. Maybe they tear yeah. up his his yep. feed, you know, where he's feeding cattle or something, and, and 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 I'll try to do that. Yeah, but but that's rare. That's mm-hmm. rare. I, I I don't make a habit of it, you yeah. know. And uh, a lot of times, if you're just in the area and running the coons, they don't want to come back there. They, they they'll stay away a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, so. But you're right. I, I I just don't carry a twenty two with me very much. And and somebody said, Well look where you live you know, I, I think I might have told you. We lived here in Louisiana. Everything that we got has got teeth. And every <laughs> one of them is trying to bite you. Yep. And we just live with that. That's just part of life down here. And so we don't care I don't carry a gun. Somebody said, Well, you know, we got a lot of wild hogs and, and, you know, just animals in general. I said, well, I said, I'm the top predator. Man is the top predator. I said, and these animals understand that. And they're going to give me room. They're going to stay away from me. And uh, all our dogs are, are, are not hog dogs. And, and this is something I've seen, and, and you can help me with this. The dogs today are less trashy than the dogs of yesteryear. Okay. God, our dogs, they, I guarantee you, everything we had runs something. It might have been a coyote. It might have been a deer. I, I, and we didn't have any shocking equipment, so we had to chase them down and whoop with a stick. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, you get behind a hound trying to cut him off somewhere, that's a chore. Yeah. So anyway, I've noticed that the breed of dogs I got, they don't run in trash. Uh, if they do, I don't even know about it because they must quit real quick. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I never, I never have that problem anymore. But boy, we had it then back in the in the eighties and early nineties. I can guarantee you, uh, <laughs> Lipper was right here across the river from me, and and that rascal, I've been on cast with him, and, and every once in a while he'd jump a deer, and buddy he'd take off, but he'd fall off on a coon, yep. and man, he had such a mouth. That you know, he was a good coon dog, but he'd have to break down that once in a while chasing a deer. <laughs> and uh, but uh, anyway, that was pretty common. But the dogs I see in today's group, they're pretty straight, you yeah. know, which is another good thing. And that comes from the breeding. That didn't come from the guy like me. That comes from the breeding. Yep. And uh, I like to think I breed, and you know, I, I breed that way too. I wanted. I, I got it a little. A few questions I asked a, a female that a guy that brings a female. One of them is how trashy they were. Well, can they create a coon? And a lot of times I know the guy. Down here, it's not that many of us anyway. So I know you. I know who, what kind of animal you got. And so I, I, I'm, you know, always curious about those things about deer running and, and of course, I, I, uh, fighting. If you if you want to 
go to the happy hunting ground, be a fighting dog around me. Yep. I will not tolerate that. I will not tolerate a, a dog mine that I'm feeding, put it that way. I'm right there with you. I don't want nothing to fight. Uh, uh, I told him we into we lovers, we ain't fighters. And uh, so, you know, there's traits that we need to get rid of. Uh, I don't believe in babbling. I don't want a babbling dog. None of my dogs open unless they struck a cousin. And I don't let them babble. Uh, I think sometimes uh, starting a, a young dog too early and they ain't physically able to keep up with the other dogs and they start barking behind them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't correct that or you don't stop and, and do something about it, it just keeps on going. Yeah. And I don't like to babble at dogs. And uh, none of my dogs babble. They don't open until they get treated. And 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 I, I don't I like to think mine's is fairly independent. They rarely ever around another dog. I don't do nothing about that. That's just how they are. Mm-hmm. But it, it sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a hindrance. Trying to train one of these crazy things that don't want to go with another dog is a little tough. Yeah. But that sometimes that's the way they are. You know, I ain't saying all of them like that. I'm saying some of them are like that. Some aren't. But you know, uh, those are some of the traits I look for in a, in a good dog. And, and again, our black dogs is coming along pretty good. I I was fortunate to be down there at the Winter Classic last year. And out of the top 10 places, I think we had six of them. Wow. That's impressive. Uh, pretty impressive. We had first, second, third. We skipped fourth. We had fifth and sixth. And I think we had nine. Wow. Uh, out of the top 10, there were 660 dogs hunted in the Winter Classic last year. So, you know, I was very proud to hand out the trophies mm-hmm. to those guys. They earned it. They deserved it. Yeah. But it just shows that the quality of our animals are getting better all the time. Yeah. I know when I walked up there to, that morning, early that morning, to to get the dogs all lined up with with uh, with Alan Gingrich, and Alan said he, he called me over. He said, you're going to be pretty proud of the black dogs this time. I said, well, I'm always proud of them, Alan. He just laughed. He said, no. Let me show you what what you you know what, how they stood out and boy they were impressed. I said, my God, you know we 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 did real well. Yep. And again, I did do well. All these men and women that's pushing these dogs. We had a world champion last year. We got a world champion this year. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. And, and Kelly and Dave put a lot of work into the dogs. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and nothing comes out of the sky, you know, it don't just fall on you and say, here you are. Yeah. So, so, you know, all these young ladies that, that works hard with their show dogs and, and, and I talk about hunting dogs, but I don't want to miss the show, show dogs too, mm-hmm. because they just as important to us as the hunting dogs, good show dogs. They've got good body structure. They, they can run, they can travel, they can hold up good. You get these old hounds we used to have with flat-footed cow hawks. You know, the old feet was, was they couldn't hold up to the rigors that we have today. So the show dogs have helped us get a better built dog in the hunts. Yeah. That, that's my opinion now. That the quarter, that five, well, let me say, that five dollars will buy you a cup of coffee. <laughs> but, uh, 
No, you're right. But, and uh, Mike Seats, who judged the world show this year, I was listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, and he said that the black and tan, one of the black, the black and tans were some of the hardest classes because everything up there was so nice. And if you yeah. looked at them, everything up there was really nice. You, you know, there was other breeds where there were standouts. You know, you had a couple individuals right. that were really nice, but then there was others that weren't. Where the black and tans, right. you, it was a stacked class. Um, you know, like I said, I, I'm impressed with the with the show dogs. I, I don't own a show dog because I don't put the time in that I need to mm-hmm. because I know these women put, and, and mostly gals, it's mostly women, Yeah, uh, uh, they do a great job. I, I, I can't say enough about what they do. They do a great job, and they're great members of our association, too. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, they contribute in a lot of ways. And, and you know, we, we get hung up on the hunting dogs all the time. And, again, I got hunting dogs, but but we don't want to ever neglect anybody, right? Yeah. And and, and, I, and that's the way I look at things uh, is that, you know, I, I just told you why, how I breed for my dogs and how I want my dogs to act. And, 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 again, it's almost a reflection on the handler how the dog acts. Yeah. If we treat people with respect, we're going to want our dogs to be the same way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's in, in a way, it's a reflection of who we are. And that's what I want my dogs to be, a reflection. I want to be a reflection of them, basically. Well, they, they, they're pretty respectful dogs when I'm in the hunt and going, yeah. and I want to be like them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's easy it's easy to be that way when you got good animals and uh like you said, uh, I, I try to give them everything they need, but they're an athlete. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They are an athlete, and you have to treat them like an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the best care, the best veterinary stuff. Uh, uh, I, I won't skimp on anything. Uh, I, 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 they go to the vet. Uh, they get checked out. For, of course, down here, uh, heartworms is a big deal. Yeah, We've got plenty of mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. But because I check for intestinal worms, heart worms, uh, we don't have ticks. Uh, huh. Didn't know uh, Oddity, we don't have ticks. Uh, I, I don't think I've got maybe two or three ticks this year off my dogs. And, uh, I've pulled hundreds I had got off eight, of mine this year. <laughs> <laughs> you come back I, I from a hunt got, and you just pick them off as they're crawling all over the dogs. Yeah, you see, I, I haven't got a tick off me personally this year either. Uh, you know, just it just don't happen. But if you go a little bit further north into Arkansas, especially into uh, the Ozarks, oh yeah, they got them up there. Yeah, they got plenty of them. You would think down here in this Amazon we live in that we'd be eat up with ticks. I would have thought so. But the only thing we don't have is ticks. And, got everything and else. <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer for it and don't care. I love it. I love it. Uh, but, yes, we got everything else, you know, from alligators on. You, you name it, we got it, you yeah. know. But uh, we don't have ticks. And uh, so we don't deal with Lyme disease. We don't deal with all the tick-borne diseases. So now I, I'm sure that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything migrates. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't. Uh, again, I, I'm. Uh, I, I don't know why we we don't have them, but uh, 
as much uh, as I, I don't like a tick, I'll keep the ticks and you can keep the alligators and the snakes and everything else. <laughs> well, see, I'm just the opposite. I don't <laughs> mind alligators and snakes. And, uh, 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 but the ticks scare me. <laughs> the ticks scare me. I, I, uh, I tell you, I, 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 don't, I, got, I don't want to go north to hunt until it gets cool, until y'all don't have any ticks. And uh, that's how much I don't like him things. And probably the same way down here. You wouldn't want to come down here now because, see, everything's out now. Yeah, you know, it's, nah. we, like, we're getting up to close to 90 degrees every day still. Nah. And uh, so, uh, we, we, you know, you, you get used to hunting in this heat, <laughs> so you just don't bother you, you know. Uh, been 108 and all that kind of stuff, but we still hunt. Nah. You know, we may not hunt real long, but we hunt. You know? I hate hunting in the heat, so. Well, you see, it's what you grew up in. Yep. And uh, uh, if we didn't hunt the heat, we wouldn't hunt at all. Exactly. You know, uh, even in the winter, typically, you know, we have, I think probably last year, we may have had uh, maybe eight or nine days, maybe 10 below freezing. Uh, everything else was above above 32 degrees yeah so you know it's just uh, like it's just a different place but uh but i enjoy going up north and hunting i really do y'all got better walking conditions you don't have all the, the undergrowth and the, uh you know y'all got when i say y'all anywhere above arkansas <laughs> it gets better and and uh uh, where I particularly live, we don't have any agriculture. Okay, it, it's all woods. Yeah, this uh, we live. The parish I live in is a, is a big parish, which is equivalent to a county, right? Yeah, yeah. same thing. As a county. We only have twenty four thousand people in the whole parish, mm. so we don't have any people in this yeah. parish. Mostly woods. Mostly woods. And. Uh, no people, but yep. lots of woods and lots of woods. Uh, I, I drive twenty miles to go to a Walmart. We got one in the parish, mm-hmm. and we got it. So you know that's just rule, and everything's a trade off. You're right. Oh, everything, yeah. you, you know, we don't have the conveniences that other people have. You know, but some things we don't have that we don't want either. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> and, and like I said, I'm able to let my my dogs run loose in the yard, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and, and I know a lot of farmers up up in y'all part of the world or in in, in the mid Midwest they they able to let their dogs run loose, yeah. and uh, uh, it's a blessing to be able to do that. Oh, I'm I'm envious but, of anybody that can. I wish I could. Yeah, well, like I said, I uh, when I lived in Tennessee, I I was not able to do that. But when I moved back home, uh, I've been able to let them go, yeah. <laughs> earn them loose. And, and it, I wouldn't sell this property when I left, and, and I had a lot of offers to buy it. And uh, I was my expectations was to come home. Uh, my mother was down here, and, and uh, uh, my wife's mother was down here, and grandchildren are down here. So it was kind of a a pretty good draw to bring me home. Yep. And, uh, but uh, how long? Did anyway, you, how long did you move away for? We raised gone for almost twenty years. Okay. 
So I hung around, and like I said, I got to visit with some good coon hunters up there, good people, excellent human beings. And, uh, you know, my, so I, I don't regret the time I spent in Tennessee at all because I was real close to everything I could. From Tennessee, you can, you can hunt Indiana, Illinois, Minnesota, all them places real easy, you yeah. know. And uh, so it, 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 was a good, it was a good time just being in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I was drawn back home. I'm like an old dog. Sometimes you know <laughs> you're gonna go back home, and uh, so I come home. I understand. But uh, our, uh, my original home, I tell you, in the real bottom, they they made a lake, a big lake, and it our our home is underwater now. <laughs> they 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 flooded us out, and they, the government said you got to leave. <laughs> so that was kind of how we we had to leave. Yeah. Well, there was no choice. I mean, you know, the government, the government bought our land from us and, uh, with no negotiation about prices. They said, this is what it's going. They gave us some, but they was generous with us. They gave us $50 an acre. <laughs> Real generous. So, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I can laugh about it now because this, it happened. It's done. It's not. Yeah. I don't look backwards. I don't look back. And be mad at somebody that something happened way back then. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, I'm sure nobody was laughing at the time. No. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a good thing. Uh, we, lost a, we lost a way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm telling you, as a kid running wild down there in the wo- woods, we just had got electricity. Uh, we didn't have a TV because you couldn't pick up a channel. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, my wife still sometimes tells me something about it. I'll be watching an old Western or something. She said something about it. I said, well, look, I never saw that thing before. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we didn't see these shows. Yeah. And uh, because we were, you know, that was just a life we had. And, and, and again, it was not bad. I mean, it, it was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure that we would be, uh, uh, have some kind of name given to us now, but, uh, I remember going out, going to school, and uh, we didn't have any uh, indoor plumbing at school. Mm-hmm. We had an outhouse at school. Yep. And somebody said, well, what do you think about that? I said, no different than a house. We didn't have one to house either. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't I didn't see air conditioner until I went to college. We never had air conditioner. We yeah. never had anything like that down here. And, boy, it was hot. But you know, yeah. you adjust it. <laughs> well, that's just the way it was. It was you didn't know any better. Exactly. Nobody else had one. <laughs> you couldn't be envious of nobody. They nobody else had one. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I tell you, I had the greatest childhood a man could have and had nothing. But we had a lot, but yep. we had no no material stuff. You didn't have any distractions. Yeah. No, we could fish on the river. We could swim in the river. We could do what we wanted to. Nobody said you can't do that. This is this is mine. You got to leave. We didn't have that. We didn't have that then. Yeah. It was, and 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 you could go to anybody's house, a bunch of boys playing, and they would give you whatever they had on the table. You were welcome to it. Yeah. You know, it might have not been much. It might have been pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just like 
I never seen a McDonald's again till I was grown. I never seen one. Yeah. Burger King, none of that stuff. Never saw one. <laughs> Didn't know they existed. Yep. Didn't know they existed. I said, My God, look at here. <laughs> so so man in my lifetime I've I've come from almost no electricity to that was my that was my livelihood was the electrical business. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what a what a change, yeah. you know. Well, I had the privilege of working in Europe, uh, Holland, Norway, uh, England, the Shetland Islands, the Arctic Circle. That's pretty cool. Uh, Aberdeen, you know, uh, I was lost as a goose. I'm on tape. <laughs> I was lost. I would have been too. Never, never rode an airplane till I was twenty something years old, and that was when they flew me to to Holland. Uh-huh. I said, son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can tell, I hope you can tell, I'm okay with all that. Yeah. That's what I was happy that. I'm fine. It sounds like a, it was a great upbringing. It was. And, 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 and with my dogs, I kind of carried that over with my animals. Because mm-hmm. we always had animals. We always had dogs. And we always treated them right. You know, they were a part of the family. And these old black dogs I got out here, uh, they may not be the best dogs in the world, but you know what? They part of the family. Yeah. And 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 you know when I go out there in a few minutes to go hunting, man, they're gonna be jumping around, you know, having a want to go. Yep. And, and so you know I'm I'm proud to have the privilege to, to be in a fraternity of coon hunters that enjoy the sport for what the sport is it uh, i i'll say this all the time this sport is not about money it's about the relationship between you and your animal yeah that's what it should be about money sometimes gets in the way uh i don't look at it for money Mm -hmm. i hunt because i like it oh yeah (laughs) and i like the people that i go hunting with we have a great time. We have a great time. We share stuff. We share interest. We share uh, everything. Uh, oh, if yeah. I got something in the garden, I give it to somebody else. Uh, I just think that as an as an old coon hunter, I need to give back to the young coon hunters. We don't need to hoard information that we have that we've learned over the years. We should share it yeah. with the young. And so I'm. So when you talk to me about doing this podcast, it it's sharing, it's it's saying some of the things that that I think is important to the coon hunting. Whether yeah. you're hunting a black and tan, a walk, or a red bone, Doesn't or matter. whatever you, it's not it's not relevant. It the relevancy is that we're in a fraternity of coon hunters, and we should show that respect for other coon hunters, whoever they are, until they until they show us that they don't deserve that respect. And then we should take care of our own, our own people. We should yeah. not let other people take care of our business for us. Because mm-hmm. I've always said, like with our clubs, if somebody gets out of and I said this is in the Black Tennis Association, if anybody is rude or offensive to anybody in our association, then we need to deal with it right then and immediately. Yeah. Not put it off next week, next month. Well, I'll tell you Do what. Do it right there. 
I've said it before on this podcast, and I'll say it again. The Black and Tan Association is top-notch. I was blown away at Black and Tan Days. Well, I I appreciate that because we work hard to make – again, it's all the people involved work hard to do that. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I, I thought I had great, great people working with me. Uh, you know, I'll use uh, Kelly and, and, and just – just a host of girls and, and men that were instrumental in putting this thing on. And I've heard this, I've heard other associations tell me that how do y'all run it? Your, your meetings so well, mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, we are expected to run them. Well, yeah. you, you, you work to your expectation, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't expect much, you don't get much. If your expectations are high, you get a higher level. Mm-hmm. So, like, so that's where I've, I've mentioned about my dogs. My expectations on my dogs is to get better, and and I will, I will. Uh, as long as the good Lord allows me to be here, I'm gonna be striving to get a better animal. Yeah. So you know that's where I go, and I think that's what what we all should. Again, I'm not prejudiced about any particular breeder dog. It's just we all ought to strive that way. So mm-hmm. I'm always here to help anybody that has a question or, or whatever, you know. And I'll give my opinion now, whether you <laughs> use it or not. That's uh, that's totally up to up to the individual. Oh yeah. And so, but a lot of this is how, my opinion has come from a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad nights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you learn from my mistakes. Exactly. Being in. And, and you know, you you learn what I did wrong, dog. I wish I hadn't done that, you know, whatever. And uh, so, but but I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed my life. I've enjoyed coon hunting. I've enjoyed the people I've met in coon hunting. It's just been a, a real good ride for me. If mm-hmm. if the good Lord tells me tomorrow's my day to go home, I'll I'll be happy to go. But I can say one thing: I've had a heck of a time while I was here. Yeah, and and a lot of it is because of the people I've met through coon hunting. Yep of it and uh so and you one of them man you're one of the guys I, i'll see you at black and ten days i'm and uh but uh anyway i i've enjoyed uh this conversation you and i have yeah. had um hopefully it's informative to one guy yeah no I, you've <laughs> dropped a ton of knowledge on here so but before i let you go i do need a good yeah. hunting story with a good with a black and tan okay okay i got i got tons of uh, not, some of them may not be too good. <laughs> well, as many as you want to, well, you want to give me. All right, I'm here to all listen. right. Well, look, I'll, I'll tell you. We went. To, uh, I'll give you something recent. That's a. That's always a good story, right? Yeah. We uh, uh, I, we go up here to Sabine River Bottom, about seven thousand acres of uh of land to hunt along River Bottom, and we had three Walker dogs and uh, and one black dog one of my females, well, we cut them loose. And uh, here they go. So the black dog, my Jeep, she hooked a hard right. Uh, the other three dogs went straight ahead, and they spread out. And uh, she crossed the road behind us and just fell tree. So we go back there. We find her cousin. We come back. We, uh, I, recast, I recast her, and we go toward the other dog. Well, she gets in there about, oh, 600, 700 yards, and I hear an 
So I told him, I said, well, let me go back here to check with this thing. And y'all go to y'all's and we'll meet back here by the truck. So we took out and come to a big sloop. I'm talking about that baby was probably 40 foot, 50 foot wide. And it looked deep. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to test it. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, well, and of course, a slew that big, uh, we've been in a pretty good drought, and, and all the animals kind of come to it. Yeah. Uh, the animals you just mentioned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when you wade off in there, you don't know what a log or might not be a log you're standing on. Yep. And uh, so anyway, she got treed in there, and uh, so I had to worm my way around and went back out, and I looked, I was about 800 yards from her. So I took off walking, and uh, I got in there to her. She had a coon. Brought her back. We, uh, they, the boys had they had treed two persimmon trees, which uh, didn't have nothing in them. And uh, so we come back, and and it wasn't that the dogs really missed the coon. They were just there a little early. Yeah. If we'd have waited long enough, the coon would have made it there. Exactly. I told them. I said, "Your dogs are just too fast." It ain't that they missed the coon. They just out running. Got here before he got here. And uh, so we reloaded up and we moved a little bit and dumped them out again. Black dog hooked a hard right. She must be a right-handed ball player because she hooked the <laughs> right hand again. And uh, she uh, uh, she got down in there and uh, got treated again. Uh, we get down there close to the river and she's on an aisle. And uh, so my buddies, we finally finally figured out how to how to get her back, and uh, uh, got her back. Actually, got her back. We could see a coon over there. Now, whether that was the same tree or not, I ain't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. But we did get her back. So we hunted the rest of the night, and uh, we ended up creating six. Looked at six coons, and uh, uh, my black jip did a did a good job. She 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 got us wet. We had to wait a little water, uh, but uh, again, we didn't see anything that was mean to us, so we did pretty good. We did pretty good, but uh, uh, I was just one hunt just recently, and uh, man, like I said, we, we could sit here and talk. i got a thousand coon hunting adventures, but uh, I've had dogs up in trees, oh, had geez. to go get them, get a ladder to go get them out. Uh, we got a lot of cypress knees down here. Yeah. And uh, you don't want one to fall out on them because uh, that's going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but Ben, uh, uh, like I said, I, we can do this again. I can have a real, <laughs> I, I can talk some more cool stories if we need to because oh, I got a geek. Oh, I'd love to. Anyway, Ben, I do appreciate talking with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Before you hit pause, just wanted to make an announcement. Be sure to be checking out Facebook um, over the next couple of weeks. We're going to be doing some giveaways. Joseph Krantz, who is the uh, author of the Ryland Creek novels, has uh, just released his first book um, in an audiobook format. And so we're going to be doing some giveaways with him. And maybe he might have some other things going on right before the holidays. So just be uh, paying attention. Most of that's probably going to happen on Facebook. Also, just make sure you're checking out the sponsors. As we go into the holiday season, there's going to be a lot of deals, so check out 
Conkeys, Full Cry, and W. Um, also, the uh, shirts are still available at dusupply.com. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber. <laughs>